you are currently investing in real estate, or maybe you're just considering investing in real estate and you have no idea how this impacts your taxes, the benefits that it can bring you, and really what you need to know specifically about real estate losses, then this is the episode for you. I'm going to go through and explain exactly what you need to know about real estate losses, because that really is the ticket and why most people want to invest in real estate is to get these write-offs. So that's you. Grow, grab your coffee, and listen up because we're going to dig in. Hey friend, welcome to the Small Business Finance Podcast. Do you want confidence and clarity with your business finances? Do you find yourself late at night searching for tax deductions, how to track your business finances, or QuickBooks tips? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals, but you end up feeling confused and frustrated because accounting and tax is really boring? Hi, I'm Tiffany. I've heard this so many times from my clients who used to feel this way. They feel overwhelmed about what to do with their numbers and wish they could stop the financial madness. They wanted clarity and the ability to grasp the financial basics to know who call when they had a question and to stop worrying about owing money to the IRS. But they thought they weren't good with numbers and the overwhelm put them stuck without any solid financial plan until they realized that business systems are the ticket to gaining financial confidence. In this podcast, you will learn step-by-step systems, easy-to-understand financial tips, and mindset transformation so that you will gain financial confidence as an entrepreneur. So dust off your spreadsheet, warm up your coffee, and let's get going. Over the past years, it has really become very popular to invest in real estate. I think part of what pushed that to be so popular is the age of VRBO and Airbnb. It just has become really big. I I see a lot of people come in my practice where they have a full-time job. They do really well at their full-time job, but their side gig and hobby and other stream of income that they have is related to real estate. But then also a lot of people in the real estate industry are getting into more investment properties. And so I think one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that there are some traps that you need to be aware of when it comes to uh, the tax portion of these real estate investments, particularly the losses that can be generated. Because most people invest in real estate because they hear, oh, it's really great for tax write-offs. And this is a really great thing to reduce your taxes. And they're not wrong. That's actually very true. Investment in real estate can provide really great benefits from a tax perspective. Today, I want to talk about the thing that you need to be aware of when it comes to these losses and making sure that you get the the maximum benefit that you can. Because the last thing that you want is to have a really great investment and some great deductions and then not be able to use them simply because you didn't know the rules and you didn't know how to navigate these rules to make sure that you are getting the max benefit that you possibly can. So let's dig into it. So first of all, one thing that you need to be aware of is the difference between passive and non-passive income. If you are new to the investment world, or maybe if you've been in the investment world for a while when it comes to real estate, you still may not be aware of what these phrases mean. So let's talk about that. So non-passive income is income that you've earned. This would be income that you are actively participating in. This would be your W-2 job that you go to every day and you collect a paycheck. This would be your business that you work in day in and day out. This would be the thing that you are in the weeds with. You're in day in, day out. This is not something that you don't have to mess with very much. If you're not having to mess with it very much, that would be referred to as passive income. 
So you're not actually involved in the day to day in something that is passive. It really is just an investment. Typically, real estate is going to fall into non-passive income, non-passive investments. And the reason that you need to know that is that there are some specific rules surrounding it. So the IRS typically will only let you offset passive losses with passive income. The caveat with that is that they actually will allow you to have some of the passive losses from real estate, even if you don't have passive income. What does that mean? The IRS caps the amount of losses that you can have in any one year to $25,000 as it relates to real estate, real estate investments. And that may sound like a whole lot of money and you may go, oh, well, that's like really fantastic. So I can get a whole bunch of real estate properties and invest in them and get the write-offs and the depreciation and all the things. And this would be really excellent for my tax situation. And it might, but it might not. Because the IRS will only allow you to take that up to $25,000 of losses related to real estate if your adjusted gross income is less than $150,000 a year as a married filing jointly couple. Real quick, I wanted to take a quick break and tell you about a free download that I have to help you with your tax reduction strategies and process. It is my top 10 tax tips. These are my favorite tax tips that I love that help most people, and I'm giving it to you for free. You can go to 10taxtips.com. The link is also in the show notes, but you can then go in there. All you have to do is put your email address in and then immediately download it. It is 100% free. And then that way you can kind of get on that path to being able to reduce your taxes and actually have meaningful change when it comes to your taxes. Go to 10taxtips.com, the number 10taxtips.com and download that so that you can get on your way to reducing your tax. And if you decide that you need help with those tax tips and you're not really sure what to do when you get them, then be sure to book a free discovery call with the link in my show notes. And we can talk about whether or not it makes sense to help you. And if we can help you, that would be the first step. It's free. It's 30 minutes. And we can just kind of talk and get to know each other and figure out if we can help you with reducing your taxes. And with that, we'll get back to the show. So basically, in order to get the maximum write off, you're going to have to be what, like middle class, lower lower middle class to middle class from an income perspective at the most. It actually starts phasing out around $100,000 of adjusted gross income. So it really doesn't take much to get to the point where you are not actually able to use these write-offs. And that's really where the problem comes in because then you end up having these investments and you have deductions that you literally can't use. They end up getting trapped in the entity in your Schedule E, and they don't go anywhere. It's not like you lose them entirely. If you were to sell your property, you would be able to use those losses to offset the gain that you have on um, selling the property. Hopefully it has appreciated and you have a gain. The problem is, is that you don't want to have to wait to sell that property to get those losses. Maybe you keep this property for 20 or 30 years. So you're supposed to wait 20 or 30 years to get the write off. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What you need to be aware of is that there are some ways that you can get around that. Number one, it makes it even more important to know how to tax plan to actually reduce your taxes in other ways. 
maybe it makes sense to have another business that actually creates additional income to utilize some other strategies to get your income down even lower into that $100,000 to $150,000 of adjusted gross income window. It also might mean that you need to do things like look into self-rental. If you own another business and that business rents this property that you have invested in. Maybe you have a commercial building and it's got four business suites and you rent one of them yourself to your business. And then the other three you rent to third parties. Well, when you actually have self-rental like that, you have the ability to um, actually group the businesses together to get the losses. This is mainly for businesses that have this property in a separate entity. Essentially, if it is being used by your main business, the IRS will look at that and say, well, in reality, they're all kind of together. So we'll allow you to have the losses. Now, I want to say that there are some caveats when it comes to self-rental that you want to be aware of. So definitely work with a professional to make sure that you know all the ins and outs, the pros and cons of that particular strategy of utilizing the losses. The other thing that you can do is qualify to be a real estate professional. There are some specific rules with qualifying as a real estate professional, and you need to make sure that you qualify with these rules because otherwise under audit, the IRS would for sure throw it out. So what are the rules? Well, you have to work at least 750 hours a year in real estate and 50% of your workday needs to be in real estate as well. So let's say you are a high income earner and your spouse is a stay-at-home mom. She's taking care of the kids, and y'all are talking about other ways you can make income, and you think, well, this is perfect. I'll invest in real estate, and my wife can then become the real estate professional. It's actually a really great scenario for when this works well. The wife then starts working at managing these properties and making the decisions and finding new properties, investing in those properties. And then as a result of the fact that this is her main gig, then she's able to qualify a lot easier. You still need to make sure that you are hitting that 750 hour mark. So if you think about that, there's 52 weeks in a year. So that's what at least 10 to 15 hours, 10 hours a week would be 520. So probably pushing 15 hours a week of working in real estate. And if you've only got one or two houses that are rentals, then most likely she's not gonna be able to qualify for the number of hours. So you have to like do the math and make sure that the time involved in actually managing the properties makes sense. But that is one way that you can circumvent these rules and get the write-offs even with a higher income bracket. Some of the things that um, can qualify when when it comes to that 50% or more work of the day has to be in real estate. Some of the categories can be property development, redevelopment, construction, reconstruction, acquisition, rentals, property management, brokerage, etc. So let's just say your wife, back to our original example, you are a high income earner. Let's say you make a million dollars a year in your W-2 job. Your wife has been a stay-at-home mom, but she decides to get her real estate license. Then she starts showing houses and maybe to family and friends, maybe some friends of a friends, but she's really not working more than 10 or 15 hours a week. And then also managing the rental properties that you have, the two houses that you have. Well, she could likely qualify for being a real estate professional because of that, because even though she's not working a 40 hour week showing houses and being a realtor, she can navigate it and that her job is in real estate. So she's in the industry. 
She could also get a job at a property management company, and she's also in the industry. Again, construction and reconstruction, there's just a lot of different aspects that fall into real estate. So this is a really, really great way to be able to qualify as a real estate professional. The other thing is that you have to make sure to materially, materially participate in the real estate activity to get the real estate professional license. A couple of things to note when it comes to real estate professional status. Number one, if you live in the state of California, you cannot use real estate professional status to reduce your state income tax. You can still use it to reduce your federal income tax, but California will not allow you to use that status to reduce the state income tax. The other thing that you need to realize is that most of the time, VRBO and Airbnb properties are not considered rental activities. So if you're trying to qualify when it comes to these short-term rentals, most likely you're not going to be able to qualify because they typically don't um, go into that bucket or category of rental activity. They're actually in a different category. So short-term rentals are in a category where instead of being put on the Schedule E, which is where rental activity gets put on page one of Schedule E, short-term rentals are typically put on Schedule C. There are some really great benefits to being able to do that as well. Number one, you're not capped on your losses, but you have to make sure that you follow those rules as well. And there are some specific rules when it comes to short-term rentals. You also have to make sure that you are materially participating in that short-term rental property. You have to make sure that the average rental days is no more than seven in a year. So short-term rentals have a whole other (laughs) set of rules that go in with them. But if you operate with short-term rentals, then looking to see if filing on a Schedule C makes sense. That could be a really big way to get these losses in real estate. But again, you want to work with your tax professional to make sure that your specific scenario is being reviewed and make sure that you're following all of the rules to get these losses. As you can see, um, while Rental real estate is a really great opportunity to get deductions and reduce your overall taxes. There are some really specific ways that this has to be handled. You need to make sure that you are following the IRS guidelines and IRS rules. If you are not, you absolutely can get an alert with them and have issues and you do not want that to happen. So if you are a real estate investor and you're trying to figure out how to navigate these situations and make sure that you get the most write-offs absolutely possible, then go to the link in the show notes and book a time to talk with me. We would go through your specific situation and see how we can help and make sure that you are maximizing your write-offs as much as possible. If you found this episode helpful, absolutely feel free to share this episode with your fellow real estate investor friends, and they would also be able to get the benefit that you have gained from listening to this episode. With that said, I have really enjoyed being able to share these real estate loss tips with you, and I cannot wait until next time.